What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Schmidt. And, oh, I'm so excited for today's show. It's going to be a really good one. We had the NFL kickoff last night. We got more NFL games coming on Sunday. And then we've got not as good of a Saturday as we did last weekend, but there are definitely a few games to be watching out for in terms of college football. I can't wait to dive into all of it. Without further ado, last night we had the Buccaneers taking on the Dallas Cowboys, the defending Super Bowl champions taking on the biggest brand in probably all of America, the Dallas Cowboys. And let me just start with the Cowboys here. I was really impressed with Dak. Okay, 42 of 58, 403 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Like he looked really good coming off of the injury. His shoulder seems to be fine. I know there was some concern with his rotator cuff during camp. Look, man, you, you throw the ball 58 times, your shoulder's probably okay. He's he's probably sore this morning, but you know he he looks good. He showed great toughness. He got smacked around a lot last night. The Buccaneers were not shy about bringing pressure. Then again, you know it's easy to bring pressure when you know you know that the other team's going to be throwing the ball because they refuse to commit to the run. But we'll get to that here in a few minutes. But yeah, like I was saying, he he stood in the pocket, he took some shots, delivered the ball on time and on target, despite getting crushed. And, you know, as great as he was, I just, I did not like the Cowboys' attack offensively. There was no balance whatsoever, okay? They ran the ball a total of 18 times. That just, that just isn't enough, okay? I understand that the Buccaneers have quite possibly the best front seven in the NFL you know the front seven was elite last year obviously they're bringing everybody back this year I mean like this Buccaneers front seven was awesome and even when the Cowboys ran the football like you you could see it like okay like the, the Buccaneers front seven absolutely elite but you still have to commit to it okay running the football it wears the defense down as the game goes on and yeah, so I just I was disappointed in the amount of times that the Cowboys ran the football, and that's not just because Zeke is on my fantasy team, but he, they only he only, they only ran him eleven times, and when we look at the Buccaneers, we saw the same thing. Neither team committed to the run. You know, the Buccaneers only ran the ball fourteen times, which I'm a little bit more okay with, and here's why: because there's a pretty sizable difference between putting the ball in Tom Brady's hands versus putting it in Dak Prescott's hands, and that's not a shot at Dak. Like, Dak Prescott's like a fringe top 10 quarterback. Tom Brady's, you know, the best quarterback that we've ever seen, right? And in addition to that, like, people have been telling me all off season how great Zeke has looked. By the way, he looked quicker. He looked like he's kind of lost some weight. And, like, I've just, you know, Zeke, two-time r- rushing champion in the NFL. Like, you've got a weapon back there, and he only runs the ball 11 times. You only swing it to him in the backfield, tw- out of the backfield twice. Like, I just I feel like the Cowboys should have tried to do more to put the ball in Zeke's hands, and they just they failed to do that. And with all that being said, you know, I'm out here critiquing them. They only lose by two. You know, they're, you know, a good kicker away from possibly winning the game, but all in all, the game was really sloppy, like most week one games are, especially with how little starters play in the preseason now. There were a total of 19 penalties and five turnovers. You know, look, both teams, they'll get it cleaned up. I believe, you know, I've said this about college football, the biggest jump comes from week one to week two. I think it's the same thing in the NFL. You're able to clean up some things. You have tape against other human beings. 
in like a real f- fan influenced environment that's not you know the preseason where you know like half the where half the seats are filled right but look like if you're the Buccaneers if you, if you're a fan of the Buccaneers you're walking away from this game happy your team won you know you're probably not going to turn the ball over four times in a game again if you're the Cowboys you're a little sick to your stomach but at the same time like you should feel good okay like Dak Prescott looks good coming off of the ankle surgery like his shoulder seems fine right and you know that like you're a good performance from your kicker away from possibly winning that game and you know I I thought it was so funny so my my papa chuck he texted me he lives in Dallas so you know he he keeps up with the Cowboys he was just kind of asking me my my thoughts and he was talking about the kicker and this is what he said he said I don't mean to be overly critical, but when you miss a PAT and a field goal that amounts to a chip shot, it's time to put an ad on LinkedIn for a new kicker, <laughs> which is just so funny. I'm sure that there are a lot of Cowboys fans who who feel that statement, right? So, yeah, so I, like I said, like it was a great game, though. It was so nice for, for the NFL to be back. Tom Brady still looks great when he threw the ball by Micah Parsons. I feel so bad for Micah Parsons. That's tough. It's your first week in the NFL, and you're having to take on Tom Brady and card Rob Gronkowski. Like, that's that's rough. Yeah, Tom Brady still looks good. His He still has the arm strength, despite being 44. I mean, what he's done is it's still absolutely insane. It's mind-boggling. And, yeah, like I said, both teams should improve a bunch but from week one to week two. And we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to look at some of the other big NFL games going on this weekend. There's quite a few. You know, the NFL does such a good job of scheduling and creating storylines and just things of that nature. So we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we'll look at the other big games this weekend for the NFL. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Going to look at some of the big-time NFL games going on this weekend. So just to kick it off, Dolphins versus Patriots. This one, this one's really big. Not only because it's a divisional matchup, but we've got obviously Mac Jones against Tua. That's I think really the storyline here. You know, the two former Alabama quarterbacks who both put up insane numbers at Alabama, and it's an early division battle. Obviously, these two teams both play in the AFC East. You also got Belichick against his disciple Brian Flores. But let's be honest here: his game, the reason why people are going to be tuning in. It's all about the quarterbacks. Okay, how's Tua going to look after a shaky year one opening against, you know, the greatest NFL coach that we've ever seen? You know, a guy in Bill Belichick who just absolutely destroys young quarterbacks. It's going to be interesting just to kind of see how Tua shapes up against this kind of a defense, even though I believe the Patriots do have some injuries in, in the secondary. But look, when you're taking on Bill Belichick and you have a young quarterback, I don't really care who's playing. Like, the scheme, you know, is going to be tough. And I'm very excited to kind of see how Tua answers the call against such an elite-level defense. And it's the same thing against Mac Jones, or with Mac Jones, excuse me. You know, Miami Dolphins had one of the best defenses in, in the league last year. You know, Brian Flores, fantastic defensive mind. And, look, it's his first start. So, let's be honest, we're going to expect the Patriots to lean heavily on the run. They've got quite a few backs who can really run the football. And so, it's, it's going to be exciting just to kind of see how Mac Jones looks. I know people are excited. And look, it is better work out because if Mac Jones comes out and looks terrible, 
you're gonna, there's going to be some upset Patriots fans wonder where Cam Newton's at. So I'm excited for this one. I think it's going to be a good one. Pats are three point favorites. I'm gonna I would take Miami to win this one just because it's Mac Jones's first start. This is a really good Miami defense, and I just I would I trust two or more in start number ten than I do Mac Jones in start number one. Okay, especially with how good of coaches we have on each side. So take the Dolphins to win. Moving on, Seahawks against the Colts. And this game is really only intriguing for one reason. Carson Wentz, how's he going to look, right? He was awful last year, ended up getting benched for Jalen Hurts. And, you know, this idea is like once he gets back with Frank Reich, the the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, everything will go back to normal. He'll he'll go back to his, his MVP self, right? And, you know, that's not really a guarantee. And I think that there's some pressure, especially with how after Dak looked this the other night or last night, because, you know, Carson Wentz and Dak, they're linked together. They're drafted one year apart. You know, they came into the league playing in the same division. And so Carson Wentz or Dak, Carson Wentz or Dak, it's been this storyline. And I think there's some pressure on Carson Wentz to perform. He knows that. You know, all every excuse has been made for him. You know, you, you've got your coach. You've got some solid weapons. You're going to have a run game. You're going to have a good defense. So, like, it's time, Carson Wentz. Like, you got to come back to at least being a formidable quarterback. Right, you know, maybe you know you're not MVP level. Maybe you're just really good, and that's okay. That's what people expect from Carson Wentz, especially with the talent and his ability to move and the size and the arm strength. It's it's all about Carson Wentz. That's what people are going to be paying attention to. Because look, like we know what we're going to get from the Seahawks, Jamal Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, two of the best defensive players in the league. Pete Carroll, really good defensive mind. Obviously, they have Russell Wilson. And obviously that offense is going to put up points. But at the end of the day, people are going to be tuning into this game to see how Carson Wentz looks. I think he'll look good. I mean, he's a he's a good quarterback. You know, I've been on the Carson Wentz train for a while. I'm excited to see him back with Frank Reich just to see how he looks. <clears throat> Moving on to the Jets and the Panthers. So this one, you know, you see the names. And it's like, do I really want to watch the Jets play against the Panthers? The answer is yes. You want to watch this game. I'll be honest, though. This one's personal for me. You know, I've refused to get off of the Sam Donald bandwagon ever since he came into the league. You know, I have blamed 100% all of his failures on Adam Gase. Now he's in a new offense with a legit head coach, with a legit offensive coordinator. And I'm excited to see, you know, how he performs. He's got good weapons on the outside. And obviously with the Jets, you know, we get to see... You know, their debut, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. How are they gonna look? Where where's the where's ground zero at for this for this rebuild that's been going on in New York for a long time now, right? So Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about that one. But that one is nowhere near as intriguing as the heavyweight bout of the weekend when it comes to the NFL, and that is the Browns and the Chiefs. These are two teams that people are expecting to not only make the playoffs, but to win their division. And look, like with the Chiefs, we know what we're getting, right? We're getting Patrick Mahomes. We're getting Andy Reid. We're getting creative offense. We're getting Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the league. We're getting Tyreek Hill, one of the most explosive players in the league. But the big question mark for the Chiefs is that offensive line. They have It's almost entirely new from last year. They have stripped it down, and they have rebuilt it. You know, they've lost some weapons on the outside as well. They're not as deep as they were in the past at receiver. 
Like it's Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and then probably McCall Hardman, who was, I believe, receiver number four or five last year. So it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust, you know, with the loss of weapons and the new offensive line. How is it going to look? It's going to be interesting. I'm excited to kind of see how it looks. We know what's going on with the defense. Tyron Matthew, um, Jones on, on the defensive line. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited for it. I'm also super intrigued with the Browns. Obviously, they get OBJ back, you know, one of the best receivers in the league. And so the offense should be even better than what it was last year. You know, they're bringing their offensive line back. Obviously, they've got, you know, the best running back duo in the NFL between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Baker Mayfield, you know, he's got everything set up to have a big year offensively. But the question, just like last year, is going to be about the defense. Okay, we know they got guys who can get after the passer with Miles Garrett. The linebackers were solid last year, but the secondary, that is the big question mark. They've brought in seven new guys who I believe are going to start for them week one on the defensive side of the ball. Talk about being thrown into the fire. There's no warm-up, you know. There's no, oh, we get to play the Bengals week one. No, you get the Chiefs. You get the best quarterback in the league and probably the best offensive mind in the league in Andy Reid. So, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how this new-look Browns defense does against such an explosive offense. I cannot wait for this one. This is the one that circled for me personally. And then finally, you know, the last game that we're going to look at before we take another short break, the Packers play the Saints. And the big question here is how is Jameis Winston going to look, right? Because we know, like we know with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, they're going to put up points. The defense was good last year. Question is, like, what? How is Jameis Winston going to look? The Saints' defense should be good again. You know, it all kind of falls down to to Jameis Winston. You know, is he going to be, you know, 30, 30, 30 Jameis Winston, where he's throwing thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions, or is he going to be? This is why I was the number one overall pick, Jameis Winston. You know, where he's patient in the pocket and he's delivering the ball on time and on target. So that's really kind of the big question there. And I'm so excited for the NFL. Not not doing any bets this week. Do not it's so hard to gamble week one of any sport, especially the NFL. You know, I want to wait a couple weeks to kind of see what everybody has before I start throwing money at before I start telling you to throw money at different teams and things like that. So we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we're gonna get into college football. Cannot wait. You know, this weekend's slate of games definitely aren't as good as last weekend's, but there's still a few on there for you to keep your eye on. So we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Moving on to, honestly, my favorite time of the show. We're talking college football. There's really only three big games this Saturday or tomorrow, and I can't wait for all three of them. They're all three, I think, going to be great. So let's start with probably the least of the three. Texas, number 15th ranked Texas, traveling to Fayetteville, Arkansas to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. And look, this is a big game for Texas to see kind of where they're at with the rest of the SEC. Now I know Arkansas not exactly, you know, top of the league when it comes to the SEC. But, you know, it's going to give us kind of an idea. Like, where does Texas match up when they join the SEC? Are they going to be kind of in the middle? Will they be closer to the top? Are they going to be closer to the bottom? I think it's a good litmus test to kind of see where Texas is going to compare to the rest of the SEC. 
And Arkansas struggled last week against Rice in the first half. They picked it up in the second half and looked much better. Ended up outscoring Rice 31-0 in the second half. And, yeah, so Fayetteville, it's a tough place to play. So if Texas goes to Arkansas and loses, there will be panic in Austin. And not like an immediate, oh, no, we didn't hire the right guy in Sarkeesian kind of panic, but like an, oh, no, we're joining the SEC and we just got beat by a bottom-tier team in the SEC. So there's some stuff on the line here. And this is also a big a big game for Arkansas. Like This is year two of Sam Pittman. And Arkansas fans feel like they have the talent to compete with anybody. Okay? Like Texas, well, maybe not anybody. They feel like they have the talent to compete with teams like Texas and teams kind of that are really good teams, maybe not, you know, playoff-level teams, right? And so this is going to be a good measuring stick to see kind of where Arkansas is and whether or not they're on track or not for what they want to do in years to come. And, look, there's going to be NFL guys on the on the field here. Obviously, B. John Robinson for Texas, one of the best running backs in the country. you got Traylon Burks for Arkansas, who didn't have a great week last week. And I'm really excited for this game. Both teams, especially Arkansas, is going to be super up for this game. And I can't, I cannot wait for this one, especially as an Arkansas fan. You know, there's so I've got my my finger on the pulse of everything that is crazy Arkansas Razorback fandom. And man, they they're expecting Arkansas to beat Texas. I, I think people were going to be really upset if Arkansas didn't beat Texas, and I think that's a pretty that's that's a high standard, especially this early in the Sam Pittman rebuild. Especially, I since I don't know, it's 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 going to be tough. And you know, Texas is a seven seven point favorite. You know, the line just kind of continues continues to go up. It started at four and a half. Now it's all the way up to seven. And yeah, like if if you're an Arkansas fan, do not expect Arkansas to win this game. Texas has more talent. They've got. I I don't want to say they have a better coach in Sarkeesian because we know what Sam Pittman does, especially with the two great coordinators that he has in Odom and Bryles. But it's it's going to be really interesting just to kind of see the reaction to both fan bases, no matter who wins. Because these are two really passionate fan bases who expect a lot out of their programs. With that being said, I'm, I'm going to take Texas to win a close one, 38-35. to 35. I really wanted to pick Arkansas, but I, I didn't want to be a homer, you know, so, <laughs> so I had to pick Texas. So we're going to move on to what may or may not be the game of the week. I don't think it's the game of the week. It's Iowa and Iowa State, okay? And, you know, there's some people that are super excited for this game, which I am. It's got potential to be a good game. I don't think it will be. Okay, Iowa looked awesome last week against Indiana, beating them 34-6. to Like, that's a good Indiana football team. The defense was phenomenal. They ran the ball extremely well because they're Iowa, and they always have – a really good offensive line. You know, I, I saw a stat the other day. It was like the top it was the ten it was the ten teams in college football who have the most players in the NFL. And Iowa was on that list. I believe that, that they were ninth. So this is an Iowa program that has talent, has a tradition of ha- has a recent tradition of having NFL level talent. And look, I I, I was gonna beat this Iowa State team. Okay, Iowa State did not look good last week as they barely beat Northern Iowa 16 to 10. And look, like I'm I'm just going to 
throw it out there. Iowa State is quite possibly the most overrated team in the country. Okay, there's like playoff hopes, and people are talking about how this team's good enough to go play in the playoff, and it's oh they're bringing everybody back, and you know people are, are really excited about this Iowa State team. But look, they overachieved last year. Okay, they haven't recruited on a high enough level to be able to compete. And, and go to the playoff, okay? And I, I get, like, Matt Campbell's a fantastic head coach. But look, like, I'm telling you, like, this team is not good enough to make the playoff. They're probably going to lose two or three games this year. I think this is going to be one of them. Like, I don't really think they have much of a shot to beat this Iowa team. Iowa is physical. They're going to run the football. They're going to play good defense. I like Iowa to win 35-24. to 24. And honestly, I don't think it's going to be much much of a contest you know the game may be close at times, but it's gonna you're gonna feel like Iowa has control for most of the game, okay? And yeah, so I'm I'm excited for it. Even though I will say I don't think it's gonna be too too much of a contest. Now here's the game. This is the game that I'm most excited for. This is the game that I have. I wouldn't say circled because as an Arkansas fan, I definitely have that Arkansas versus Texas game circled. But I'm super intrigued by this game. Oregon playing at Ohio State. And this is a big game for Oregon, who did not look good last week against Fresno State. Even though I will say I think Fresno State's a solid football team. We saw them blow UConn out of the water week one. You know, they played, obviously they played Oregon close last week. They play UCLA next week, so we're going to kind of get a good idea on Fresno State pretty quick. But I fully expect for each team's ego to come out this week. Okay, both teams didn't play their best last weekend. Ohio State was challenged by Minnesota. Obviously, you know, Fresno State pushed Oregon to their limit. So I think both teams will play a lot better. You know, I've said it before, the biggest jump comes from week one to week two. And what's really surprising for me here is Vegas thinks that this game isn't going to be close. Okay, they've set the line at minus 14.5 for Ohio State. They... Which is, that's a huge line when you've got the number 12 team in the country taking on the, the number 3 ranked team in the country. I fully expect Oregon to cover. And this game is deeper than just playoff implications. Because obviously, like, if, if Oregon beats Ohio State and then goes on to win the Pac-12, you know, they're probably going to make the playoffs. So this game has playoff implications. But this game's big, this game's big for the Pac-12 as a whole. Okay, like, we just saw everybody... Just saw UCLA dominate LSU last week, a team that people thought was going to be really good this year, a really good SEC team. And let's be honest here, like the Pac-12, they've been the doormat of the Power Five conferences for a long time. Like they have been widely accepted as the worst Power Five conference, and like as they should. Like they're they're just not as good as the ACC. And the SEC and, you know, the Big 12 and the Big 10. And we've got we got best on best here, okay? Because obviously, you know, every conference has their, their... Every conference has the team that the conference title runs through, okay? So, like, in the SEC, if you want to win the conference title, you got to beat Alabama, okay? In the Big 10, if you want to win the Big 10, you got to beat Ohio State. If you want to win the ACC, you got to beat Clemson. If you want to win the Big 12, you got to beat Oklahoma, and if you want to win the Pac-12, you're probably going to have to beat Oregon. So we've got best on best here. Now, I don't think that Oregon has has to win this game to prove that the Pac-12 really belongs. They just they just got to be competitive. And I'm really excited 
I I do think that this game's close. I do think Ohio State wins. This is going to be 42-38, high-scoring game. Both of these offenses know how to put up points. I think C.J. Stroud, the quarterback for Ohio State, is going to take a, a big step this week, you know, because, you know, it's it's week one to week two. And, you know, he's seen, you know, what Big Ten football looks like, having played a conference game last week. And so I, I expect a, a pretty big step from Stroud, and I think Oregon plays a lot better across the board after being pushed to the brink last week by Fresno State. But once again, Ohio State wins 42-38. to I think it's going to be the game of the weekend, and I cannot wait for it. I think it's going to be awesome. So so that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Cannot wait. It's going to be an awesome weekend. Cannot wait to hop back on the mic and drop another podcast on Monday. It's going to be good. And, oh, man, I cannot wait. So once again, that's going to do it here at Shoot, Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you you know, for, for taking some time to listen. If you want to hear more from me, you can check me out on social media at jschmidt underscore four on pretty much any social media. I think my TikTok may be a little bit different, but you you don't want to follow me on TikTok. <laughs> so once again, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Shoot, Shooting the Schmidt. I'll be back with y'all on Monday. Mm-hmm.